From the Omaha Bugle Global News Headquarters, this is the Global News Network with Senior Correspondent Jeff Weaver and Senior Correspondent Adam Von Romer. Here we are again, another session of the Omaha Bugles Global News Network. Mr. Weaver, welcome to the show again. Well, Adam, thank you very much. It's always a pleasure to be here. It would be easier if you would unlock the door when I'm banging on it, but I finally did get in. <laughs> Remember, it's a soundproof studio here in the Casa de Von Romer, so although you may hear the guard dogs in the background. <laughs> well, yeah, one of them bit me. I had a dairy strip on the wound here, but I did finally get in, so here we go. it's a pleasure to be back. And while you're on that, I've got a question for you about our broadcast day today here. <laughs> Did you come fully prepared for my next topic? Are you ready to debate? Well, I do have a lot of dollar bills in my pocket if the need arises, so I am prepared. <laughs> yeah, Although I think go. because of the consumer price index changes, $10 bills that you need for a seat at the table, so to speak. Have you ever seen that Geico commercial where the guy's obviously fighting for his life on a rooftop? and the henchmen are trying to grab him and I guess either throw him off the roof or throw him in the helicopter and his phone rings and his mom yeah. goes, the scrolls are back and your father says, this time it's personal. <laughs> that reminds me of my mother. Anytime the worst possible, I could be sitting here diffusing a bomb and my mom will call to tell me about the pollen count in St. Louis, Missouri. Well, so, it's obviously <laughs> important to her, Adam, so who are we to say? I'm baffled, but I guess on a certain level I get it too. How about the disclosure about the bucket loads of cash? Do we need to do oh, our... Oh, that's, uh, that's right. So essentially all rights are reserved with this broadcast. No part of it may be reproduced in any form, in any medium without the express written consent of the Omaha Google LLC and or Adam Von Romer and or Jefferson H. Weaver with a affidavit and notary and accompanied by a handful of cash. Boat full of cash. Unmarked full bills. Of small, de boat full of small denominations. No sequential serial number. We do live in the Biden era. It's got to be a boatload of cash now. A wheelbarrow load of cash. We're about to start stamping zeros on the dollars, but that's another story. This is one, Jeff, I swear to God, I never thought that I would live long enough to see a headline like this. I'm flabbergasted. I don't even know what to say about this. But here it goes. Nationwide workers' efforts to form unions in Various sectors have made their way to the Los Angeles area, topless bars, where exotic dancers have filed paperwork attempting to unionize. It brings a tear to my eye. It occurred to me that this is something that people on the left and the right can come together on, because people on the left like labor unions. People on the right are all in favor of right-to-work states. These girls are all entrepreneurs. They're not employees. I mean, God True. bless them. It's an incredible moment. So the next part of the headline is, I love this. On Thursday, the majority of 30 strippers employed at the Star Garden's topless dive bar filed a petition with the National Labor Relations Board. They called it a dive bar. I think that is the name. <laughs> really? The hits just keep on coming. This couldn't get any better. I'm trying to think of the connection, you know, the, the nexus in this thing, because 100 years ago, I was actually in a union. I was in the AFL-CIO 
ACTWU Local 399A of the Amalgamated Clothing and Textile Workers Union. Got that? That is a and mouthful. I got nominated to be shop steward because the guys thought I was articulate. That's what you are. Little did they know. <laughs> Here are a couple of problems I see with them, okay? Number one problem. If their employers, which really in most cases aren't their employers, fail to meet their demands, will they go on strike? That's a serious question because that could result in them withholding whatever services they provide as strippers to the general public. True. Well, it's just like if the airline pilots go on strike, the planes don't fly. Garbage yeah, men this have is, This is a lot more important than planes. I mean, let, let's face it, this is really, really important stuff. I guess, but I, I mean, what are the picket lines going to look like? <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. Think about this. In order to fully appreciate, let's say, the severity of working conditions, are they going to pick it in their lucite high-heeled shoes? Because I understand after a few dances, they've got to take those babies off. Now, imagine walking up and down a sidewalk, which I'm sure is not the best flat-level surface possible, in lucite high heels for an afternoon. You're right. That could be very uh, stressful, particularly in the summer. In the summer, it's so hot, and you know, I would wager that the body would start falling off a lot quicker, too, with the uh, high temperatures. And, uh, well, yeah, and we're inside, right? Now, are we going to be doing the full-on typical attire for their work on the sidewalk? Are we going to get pasties? Or are they going to all wear trench coats, denying the public that which they've come to so much enjoy at the Garden Topless Dive Bar? Or do they go they one go? step further and wear the full-body burka? Oh, there you go. That would really set a precedent there. They're all wearing burkas. Again, burkas with lucite heels, that could be tough. Now, next question. Are they going to paint signs or are they just going to paint themselves? Oh, well, it gets back to the Think body about that. issue. And well, exactly. Again, it's hot outside, Hell no, I won't go. Yeah, I'm sure we'd come up with a better slogan if we had some time. Right, but you're right. If they're outside, they're going to run together and you're not going to be able to read it anyways if it's on their bodies. Kind yeah. of thinking this may require us to send a correspondent to cover this story live, but we'll have to discuss that. Yeah, I was going to say, we do have a news bureau in Los Angeles, so we can certainly mm -hmm. do that with minimal dance. Here's my next question. What is it that they are hoping to negotiate for? Well, that's a good question. I don't know how these clubs work, but my understanding is that in at least some types of clubs, and of course this is just from talking to people at my church group who've ever uh -huh. heard on this, but that in some places the girls have to pay something to be able to dance there, and I'm guessing it's not the case with other all clubs, but or they get a very nominal amount, and then the bulk is in tips that they collect. You know, kind of like pretty much any waitress job, but this is a little right. bit of a different kind of waitress. So maybe they want a higher guarantee. You know, maybe they want some type of limits on the hours they work or to get a certain guarantee. Maybe they collect it. The other thing is, I don't know, since I have not danced professionally, and at least not that I'm going to admit to, I also wonder if they have to give a share of their tips to the club. And uh, we, we probably need to. You know what? I think we need to find a stripper to interview. I think you're right. I think we yeah. need to interview a stripper on one of our upcoming shows and ask those very poignant questions. I think you're right because although that does get in the way of our preference for relying on opinion as opposed to facts, but I guess you're right. We could make an exception to that. Listen, like I said before, if there's no news, well, hell, we'll make it up. How about this? They're going to hopefully be represented by the Actors Equity Association. I don't know a lot about the Actors Equity Association. In fact, I could go 
go on record as saying I know absolutely nothing, but I'm not seeing the connection between strippers and actors. Well, we could go all sorts of ways with that thought, but I'm just thinking because they are providing a dance of sorts, they're paid to do it, that they sort of tie themselves into a theater, like Broadway theater. It's just one step removed from Meet on the Great White Way, but like you say, you have to wear the Lucite uh, shoes. Well, in my mind, and this is just purely hypothetical and speculative, but it's a, a giant leap to think that the people performing, like, for example, Swan Lake, ballet stars performing Swan Lake, would be in the same labor relations uh, organization as the strippers from the Star Garden Topless Dive Bar. I mean, everybody deserves representation, but I, I would think that you'd want your representation a little bit more aligned with your career. But wouldn't that be more emblematic of our attempting to be a more inclusive? inclusive society if ballerinas and strippers could all come together and assert their mutual self-interest against the oppressive thumb of the man. That's a thought. Well, and the other thing is, I've certainly been to a lot of plays where I don't think a group of strippers could have done any worse in the performance. There's a thought. Think about, for example, the Phantom of the Opera, performed entirely by strippers. Mm -hmm. I think if PBS ran that, they would get much better ratings than they do when they run those shows that they run now. I remember when I was a kid, they would occasionally run uh, some British production and, in which would have nudity in it, but of course it's high-class nudity since it's on PBS. It was scandalous, but it was acceptable. <laughs> well, yeah, British but, nudity, yeah, but, that's different. <laughs> yes, I think you're onto something. I think we could bring, imagine the potential bringing Shakespeare to the masses, Shakespeare in the nude, every 37, all 37 plays in the buff. Interesting. I First think it would popularize much, high culture, frankly. Much ado about nothing? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not, but that's a very good one, though. I mean, uh, I'm trying to think of Romeo and Juliet's an obvious fit. I mean, that's obvious. Sure. And instead of hanging off her balcony, Juliet could be on the pole. Instead yeah. of being a very passive kind of character, hanging, sitting up there on a balcony waiting for Romeo, he could be aggressively on the pole. I think that would mm -hmm. be more acceptable to feminists. Plus, they could add their own idiom to the performance. They could add some personality, certainly, that uh, reflects their own manner of performing. Their own special touches that make it there. Uh, the question that immediately pops into mind, however is during the performance would be expected to place dollar bills in their attire. What attire would there be? Usually it's, you know, garter belts and things like this. That's from your church group? Well, I just, I don't, I probably read it somewhere. But my point is that they're, Romeo, Romeo, where far out that? Stick a dollar bill in there, way. You? you know how it would work nowadays is it would just be a digital pay-per-view, wouldn't it? You could sell your favorite performer. Ooh, yeah, you're right. You could sell them. Yeah, it is yeah think about, about that. that. The problem becomes how, in the playbill, they could put the email account for Zell. How do you distinguish the characters while they're up gyrating around in their respective roles? Mm -hmm. But in the playbill and you know the part of Juliet is played by Shayna, mm -hmm. and the part of you know Romeo is played by Peter North or something. Just look at the playbill, and if you feel like tipping, you just Zell them a little bit of dough. The really appealing part about that is if it's on PBS, it's probably tax deductible. So yeah, everybody. Mm -hmm. wins. The next question is how many performances will you put on PBS? Yeah. Because will that tend to lower live results financially for these people? And I'm looking at this and it's saying that strippers are live entertainers who basically want equity with other members of the entertainment society or, or field. Equity in, in parity with other people who dance for a living. You mean like ballerinas? Yeah, absolutely. Probably more strippers than prima ballerinas anyways. I don't know that there's a lot of ballet touring companies, but there are a lot of strip clubs around the country. I guess I'm not sure what equity, when they say equity, are you talking about like cash equity or equity like 
equality. Think I'm thinking is? they're talking about equality. I think they're thinking about being thought of on the same level and having the same almost emotional response societally as our friends in the, the ballet field or even modern dance. That's my takeaway from reading this. Well, as far as emotional response, have you ever been to a ballet? It's like a tomb watching that ballet versus going to a strip club when people are very much more emotionally responsive to the dancers. So, I mean, as far as a validation, I would think that the strippers would be way ahead of the game and the ballerinas are there like, why did I train for 20 years to do this? They're barely yeah. awake in the audience. They're not throwing money at me. And I wonder, because everybody seems to be so concerned about self-esteem and everything, is do you think the strippers are thinking they just want to be thought of in the same high art terms as the ballerinas? Because they probably, frankly, the best ones probably make a lot more money than the typical ballerina. I mean, I don't know. but you should invite a uh, ballerina onto the show. Or better yet, invite the ballerina and the stripper on the show. This article is priceless because it goes on to say that the president of Actors Equity stated in a conversation for this interview that strippers are subject to significant wage theft and there's health and safety risks. (laughs) They want health insurance and other benefits like workers' compensation. Well, here's the problem, though, Adam. You're either an independent contractor, and I guess presumably you keep the tip, versus an employee where you're on the clock and you got to do what the employer says, working hours and all that other stuff. So yeah. are they trying to kind of have their cake and eat it too, in a sense, here? I want the it best sounds that an employee has, sort of like I'm not sure that what they want all reconciles with itself because we're like the best of both worlds. You're absolutely correct because I remember years ago, I had a visit from the domestic terrorist organization known as the IRS and they gave me the what was formerly the 24-point test for independent contractor status by the new and improved and simplified 27-question test. And one of them was about setting hours and directing essentially the work that was being done during those hours. You were exclusively for that employer and had no options to work for anybody else. Well, are you you an employee or are you a stripper? I think that's what this really boils down to. But wait, there's more. The president said that dancers need protection from sexual harassment, discrimination, and unjust termination. But again, if you're an independent contractor, you're in one situation versus the employee, you're in another situation. And as an employee, the employer controls how you do your job by and large. Yes. Whereas an independent contractor, yeah. they say, this is what I want done. Go do it however you need to do it. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah, put a roof on that house. Here's the shingles. Here's the tar paper. Have at it. Right. This article is just a gem. They go on to say that, and this is the president of the Actors Guild saying, listen to this, we applaud their effort to seize their collective power and unionize like so many others across the country who are fed up with toxic workplaces. When they approached hmm. us for support, we did what unions should do. We said yes. Now, the other problem <laughs> that occurred to me, Adam, is when you're trying to set up a union, if you're the people in the union, it's a lot easier when you have highly desired set of skills, which these girls are attractive and they obviously do things that people find appealing when they're dancing. But I just wonder if they can sustain that because of the problem. There's plenty of other women who are attractive and maybe these girls go on strike. They bring in second tier of, of dancers who can do the pole thing and everything who are happy to collect well, whatever it is. I understand, the, yeah, I understand the pole thing takes quite a bit of skill and practice. 
effective. I've tried. I've never been able to master it. <laughs> this is great because they said that in the article, their effort to unionize began in March, but club security guards failed to protect them from unruly customers, which prompted them to picket outside the club to speak out against their unsafe working conditions. And what's the name of the club again? It's the Star Garden Dive Bar and Strip Club. Probably kind of dangerous to picket outside. Of well, them. I just saw a picture of it, and it looks like it's from about 1928, and hmm. I don't know what's going on, but they have a giant air compressor with a hose leading into the bar. But this is the one that I'm probably going to lose my bladder control over. We like what we do. Velveeta, a Star Garden dancer, told the outlet. <laughs> we would like our jobs even more if we had basic workers' protections. We're like so many other workers who've learned that it's not a choice between suffering abuse or quitting. With union together, we can make needed improvements to our workplace. Well, with a if, name like Velveeta. Like Velveeta. Do you think that I, was her given name or perhaps a stage name? I'm just curious. I'm guessing that that's a stage name. However, given, <laughs> given what I've seen in society in the more recent years, I wouldn't put it past somebody to name their kid Velveeta. Well, her mom <laughs> might have liked that crayon cheese. Could have inspired the name. So you know, maybe it's an original name. Listen, who doesn't like a little spray on cheese? Who um, like spray on cheese as much as anyone? In fact, we have a little tradition in my house where periodically we do things that are, let's say, associated with a more rustic lifestyle. So we'll have uh, Ritz crackers, I'll beat on it as an hors d'oeuvre. And then mm -hmm. I'll make four cheese Italian hamburger helper. And we'll serve that with 16 ounce uh, Bud Light in a can. It sounds like a great time to me. Yeah, it's a rustic throwback kind of thing. And we do, in fact, use Cheese Whiz. I think naming your kid Cheese Whiz might be a little bit over the top. But Cheese Whiz is different from Velveeta, right? Well, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah, they probably have some products in there somewhere, I would imagine. Yeah, well, either that or they had contented cows staring at the factory longingly while they made it. I like this one. Here you go. Strippers push for union protection in the past, including dancers at San Francisco's Lusty Lady Club, who unionized in 1996 with the Service Employees International Union until the club closed in 2013. Now, let me tell you what I'm thinking here, because as I mentioned earlier, when I was a young man, the biggest threat to the ACTU was imports from Japan. And mm -hmm. every time we negotiated with the employer, it was a discussion about, well, if we give you more wages and we give you more of this, then we're not going to be making any money. And the influx of imports from Japan and other countries is driving the price of printed goods down, you know, textiles down. And you're looking for a wage increase. There's going to be issues. So I'm thinking, did lusty ladies close because of the pressure exerted on them by the union? Were there imports to take the position of the traditional local workers? Did they find a cheaper labor pool? Well, those are all very, very deep questions, which uh, obviously we don't know the answers to, but we never let that get in the way of our discussions. Lack of knowledge. Of course not. I also wonder if it had nothing to do with any of that, and it's just the fact of what's going on with the internet, accessibility of God knows what online that you don't have to pay for. In some respects, I'm almost surprised that we have the number of clubs we do with the availability of free risque programming, which is made by, well, amateurs and professionals these days. So That's true. I kind of wonder if the club was a victim of that. It's very sad, though. You know, it's obviously another cultural well, icon down the tubes. Think about it, too, because in a traditional service industry scenario, that job as a stripper usually creates another job, maybe a job and a half in the surrounding economic base. 
police activity. So she goes out and obviously she has to have her uniform or whatever garb she wears. It's probably going to have to be laundered nightly. I would imagine that you have to go to a specialty shop to get those shoes. Well, Adam, I should point out, though, sometimes they don't need to launder them nightly because they can sell them on the Internet used, and there's another whole revenue stream right there. That's true. There's another issue. If they're buying new stuff, does that get paid for by the employer as a uniform, or are they expected to buy that themselves as if, like a carpenter, you need a saw, you buy a saw? I would bet so most of these girls are, but you know how it is. When you, I'm sure you've, well, you and I both work jobs as independent contractors. That's kind of been our professional career, not so much on mm-hmm. table dancing. We've never really been asked to do that too much. But as far as being an independent contractor, you, you have to bring your tools, you have to bring your own outfit because you're not wearing the company outfit. And I right. would wager that these girls are all having to provide their thongs, their regalia, their hot nurse outfit, babysitter outfits, whatever they use. Yeah, naughty nanny. Oh, yeah. Another yeah. favorite, too. I would imagine that the employers say, I mean, let's just take a typical town that has several clubs, and you probably have more people who want to do that, figuring they can make a decent amount of money than there are spots. And so then you kind of get into this thing where you can coerce your dancers to, I guess, take less money, take less of a, give back maybe a bigger percentage of the tips. Again, I don't know how the tips work, but the club's getting paid, getting something some way. I'm assuming it's beyond the cover charge. But like you say, we really should have referred to on one of these shows just to talk to them about how the dynamics of this thing works. Because I just have a feeling there's more of a demand to become that. Kind of like there is more people than there are acting roles. There's a lot more actors than there are roles for those actors. And I would guess for the decent clubs, it's probably the same case. There's probably more women who would rather be dancing in those clubs than there are Hold on one damn minute. Let's wind that back a little bit. Understand that stripping is not exclusively the province of women. I could ask you to define a woman, but nobody else seems to be able to these days. We're not going to go into that down that slippery slope. We've made it this far without the EEOC or somebody. I I, I did hear one good definition of a woman, and what that is? It's a great improvement over a man. I was going to say, I bet you they love that one. Huh? They, they love that one. Uh-huh. Well, well, the men don't okay. care for it so much. But. Yeah, well, there you have it. I just think this is a huge commentary on where we as a society have gone. It's just fascinating to me that I could not make this up. This is right out of the headlines. Well, it Unbelievable. Sort of shows where, like you said, we're sort of evolving that way. Everybody wants to be taken care of, and I'm not faulting the strippers for wanting security, but it's just we all want good things about being an employee, and but we also want to be able to control and maximize the money we get and control our hours and everything, which doesn't quite work with the typical employment relationship. So where somebody else is telling you your hours or so forth. Sure. Jeff, I think it also harkens back to the original premise behind unionization. Back during the Industrial Revolution when you had kids working 12 hours a day, seven days a week for pennies. For example, the women in sewing gar- in garment factories. It's a traditional role in the garment factory. They literally sewed garments from sunup to sundown for pennies an hour. Literally. They were subject to summary dismissal. It's somebody's whim, literally. I just don't see this as necessarily the same situation. I'm missing the correlation between the protection, trying to figure out, like I said, the service workers union or the actors guild or whatever that was. It just doesn't seem to me to be the right group. Well, I hate to kind of boil it down to supply and demand, but ultimately I suspect the success of this thing is going to depend on how easily, and maybe that's part of their negotiations, is they're negotiating some type of a job security that they cannot be 
as you say, summarily fired or whatever because they're probably fearful of the owners of the clubs bringing in new dancers at a moment's notice. And perhaps the job security is the big part of that. The problem unions typically deal with is, among other things, is other would-be union members who want that gig and who are perfectly willing to undercut whatever the employer is paying to the existing workers. And I guess the word scabs comes in there, too. I don't know that that's necessarily the appropriate word to use when we're discussing. No, 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 not, not with regard to the dancers, but that was just the derogatory term that they use, people crossing a picket line. I get that. So that we don't get a whole bunch of letters from dancers who think we're anti-dancing. We're very pro-dancing. We're very yeah, much pro Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I think that there should be a place at the NEA, National Endowment for the Arts. Why don't we have a, uh, a Lincoln Center somewhere for strippers? Mm-hmm. Oh, I think it'd be far more popular than the current Lincoln Center. Yeah, and think about it. You could probably sell that out in second. The mm-hmm. other thing that popped into my mind immediately, and, and then we're going to have to take a break here, is how do you collect the union? Is there a guy walking out of there with like duffel bag full of ones? Well, as we discussed, it was probably fives or tens now. I think uh, inflation's probably put the ones to bed. But again, no pun intended in any way, shape, or form. But I don't know. I guess they would just charge union dues, and you have to be current on your union dues uh, to stay in the union. I, I guess it's like anything else. But I think the Supreme Court a few years ago said you couldn't be required to contribute to a union if you were not. Well, listen, I think we've certainly danced around this topic long enough. I think we should call an end to this, and I'll see you in the next episode.